Hello, welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm William Gallagher. This week's episode is brought to you by Notion and more about them later. But for now, I'm going to admit to you that I am feeling blue about the Apple car being cancelled forever. Joining me, though, is Wes Hilliard, who, am I right, Wes, are you less sad about the car going? Well, it's a, it's complicated because we all know if Apple Car ever came to be, it would be at least $100,000, if not no, more. Uh, I mean, it could have been a fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 car, but who are we kidding here? Um, yes. It It was just one of those products that Apple could have been working on. Definitely a lot of signs, a lot of patents, a lot of internal buildup, a lot of rumors. But is it truly dead? We don't know. It's dead for now. Mm. They've put it to bed. They could always return to it. Let's not forget, this is one of those things that have died about five times before. We'll get into that. That's true. But this one's sounding true and truly dead at this point. It's canceled. It's done. They're moving everyone off of the project to other systems. But for now, there is no Apple car coming. That's weird, though. When you said that about the price, I suddenly thought, oh, if it actually launched, I could see me talking to you about will there be an Apple Car SE at some point? And I got interested again then, and then I remembered it's all over. Do you think, I have a funny thing. Do you yeah. think it would be called Car, just Apple logo Car? <laughs> okay. Essentially, I'd... Well, yeah, I mean, is that better than iCar, which it would have been? Oh, that would have been awful. Ten years ago, yeah. So, yeah. That does sound I mean, like something Volkswagen would release, though. Yes, it's funny. I would have told you I'm not a car person at all, but then Tesla came along, and I I had a test drive in it, and I was so impressed with it. I was really, really keen on it. And then you know, along with Tesla comes Elon Musk, and it's sort of soured it a little bit for me. So Apple was my last hope for this because there are no other uh electric vehicle uh manufacturers out there at all none um, it was going to be tesla uh, no there well, are others uh so it's it's kind of a it's wild um pretty much everyone there's it's harder to it, it, it's a shorter list to say who's not working on electric right now um right. because apple. <laughs> okay. uh, yes apple's yes. on that list now um but the thing is is electric we're, we're talking you know Everyone's doing it because it's it's the future. There's laws coming out in some countries that say no more gas vehicles by mm-hmm. 2030. I mean, I think that was France. There's a couple of others. Um, so electric is happening everywhere. Honda, Ford, um, Kia, these big guys. Um, imagine if Apple had bought Kia and followed through with that back in oh, 2019. Yes. That's yet another thing they could have done. Right. Yeah, so, I'd forgotten that one. Yeah. But, but yes, electric is coming. But when we're talking about Apple and this car – uh, this project, it's not just an electric car because, you know, if Apple really wanted to build an electric car, they could. It's, you know, it's a known entity. It's not like they're trying to get to Mars or something. Um, the science, It's just, you know, four wheels, four electric motors, big battery, and a frame, you know, and then you just add the cushy seats and steering wheel. Uh, I'm simplifying it, but, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Even I was thinking about the axle to wheel, steering wheel, combination I'm list all the Sorry, screws but... involved but it, it it's well it's a... you wait a minute you are the guy who leaves wires hanging out after you've done things on the car nothing's so... caught on fire in my car yet so okay. it's just but okay apple could have done it it, it yes it's a it's a it's a like this isn't a oh no apple just they failed they can't build a car no it's 
they couldn't build the car they wanted to build, and the one they wanted to build would have been so expensive and the margins so mm. like impossible to get. Like they would have had to have outpriced the market twofold to even clear the margins they wanted, and then no one would have bought it because no one could afford it. And then we're talking about bank loans. Like this is way beyond Vision Pro as far as like it. We're yes. being scared by the thirty five hundred dollar price point. So Apple looked at it and said, "It's time." We have to call it. This isn't. This isn't worth. Like financially, it doesn't make sense. Let alone anything else. There's other reasons, but I think the primary number one reason on the list is margins, money, shareholder value, all of that stuff that we've talked about before. I'm not, one of the things I'm quite impressed about is that they did cancel it uh, because uh, you know, I don't know if this is a U.S. phrase as well. Have you heard of a thing called a sunk cost with things? Sunk cost. You know uh, sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Yeah, the, um, you would think there are companies that having, assuming they still had money to spend, having invested that much, would think, well, we've got to finish it now. Uh, and Apple's made a very cold sounding yes, decision. That, no, and I, so I that happened with that. NFTs. Uh, everyone, um, you know, your favorite washing machine brand, you know, like everyone made NFTs, but by the time they were ready to publish the NFTs and do their big PR spin about buying a box of cereal with an NFT in it or something. Um, yeah. They'd already gone and died and no one cared anymore, but they already spent the money in the NFT and the whole, you know, advertising program. So they had to run through with it looking very foolish, but that is the sunk cost fallacy for sure. But uh, Ap Apple well, car. You say that I have, I am looking at a stack of NFTs of a certain political figure in uh -huh. the U S across oh, my wall. And, uh, yeah, I think they sold out, didn't they? But um, yes, I'd actually forgotten that <laughs> NFTs existed. Yeah, I'm here to remind you of that every so often, just to thanks. Like. Okay. So okay. the Apple Car though is not a sunk cost fallacy because see, I've I've seen this this rhetoric going around. And we can, I guess, we'll just dive in here. Um, mm -hmm. So Apple abandoned the Project Titan, which has been rumored since about 2014, so about a decade worth of work and research. Um, around what would have been an autonomous vehicle. Uh, earlier this year, we heard Apple had actually pulled back on full autonomy, which is a level four autonomous driving, which means that you, you let go of the steering wheel and the car knows where it's going. Um, level two would have is basically what exists in like Hondas since 2016, basically lane assist that keeps the car centered in the lane. Apple uh, had basically moved back to level two and where you have to keep your hands on the wheel, but the car is helping you stay away from traffic, not rear-ending anyone. There's a lot of sensors at play. I've had a car that does this. It's actually very nice to have in uh, high-traffic situations, especially stop-and-go traffic. But um, Apple pulled back to that, I think, as soon as January. That was rumored. Uh, so well, was it January this year or the last year? Actually, I'm, I might be missing that timeline. Someone can correct me. I think but, it was more recent than that. So I remember being surprised that they'd made that type of announcement. Yeah. And then this. It and then felt like they should literally go killing it. Yeah. A month later, yeah. uh, if, if, if I'm right about January this year, a month later, they're saying, uh, no, we can't. We're just we're pulling out. This is it. There's no app. There's Project Titan is officially shelved. And of course, officially, unofficially, because all of this is a leaked uh, announcement from True. internal to Apple. None of this has been made. This isn't on Apple's homepage. You won't find any information there. This is all leaked information. So take it with a very large grain of salt. But it seems to be from multiple sources, this, the initial one being very sound and sources after that confirming it, that this has indeed happened. 
But so a decade of work, uh, allegedly about $10 million of investment, so about a billion dollars a year. Um, not that much, considering Apple's amount of money that they have. I mean, I believe That's in 2014 true. when they started, they had something like $100 billion in the bank account. So this is a drop in the bucket. Uh, I was surprised to see how much other uh, developers are spending. Like, um, I think it was a conflation. There was Ford and GM between them. Well, it was at least tens of billions that they were spending on research. So Apple was kind of weirdly outpriced in R and D. But mm. so, so getting back to sunk cost, um, all of this research and Tim Cook actually commented on this. This is one of the rare moments that we got a little peek inside of Apple and how it thinks about things, but I can't give you the exact date. It's in one of my, uh, the abandoned $10 billion project Titanic disaster story that's linked in the show notes. Um, I love that Titanic disaster. Um, But that's what the alleged, again, New York Times reached out to some employees that may or may not be angry about getting fired. So who knows what's what's real? They do sound a bit upset because, well... Nobody died yet. There were collisions, but nobody's actually died, as far as I know. Yeah, so... so, hmm. Right, how many people died on Titanic? Okay, so Tim Cook mentioned uh, in an interview... Let's see what what the date is. This is 2017. So Tim Cook was asked um, about Apple's car plans. They just pretty much directly asked about it. And Tim Cook actually answered. He said, we're focusing on autonomous systems... It's a core technology that we view as very important. We sort of see it as a mother of all AI projects. And it's probably the only time Tim Cook said AI before about 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, we'll see where it takes us. We're not really saying from a product point of view what we will do. There's a major disruption looming there. You've got kind of three vectors of change happening generally in the same time frame. We'll see where it takes us. Let's see. There was... One, <laughs> I've lost the phrase that I wanted him to, wanted to say, but uh, he said, paraphrasing now because I can't find it again. Um, he basically said that the autonomous research that's being performed isn't just for self-driving cars; it can be applied to many different kinds of projects. He said this in 2017, not trying to give away that it was self-driving cars that they were actually working on, but he's right, um, and this is where we finally coming full circle that $10 billion of research. Yes. Some of it was into how well you can make a break or displaying information on a windshield, but a lot of it and really a majority of it probably was AI research because in order to make a self-driving car, which was Johnny Ives original vision in 2014, when this started full autonomy, full self-driving, you need an operating system and an intelligent assistant and full car operating thing AI now, we call it, um, machine learning back in 2014 if it was announced. Um, This thing, which they would have called Siri, which is really funny, uh, would have piloted the car without any user interface. And they wouldn't even have, they were so confident that they could do this, they weren't even going to include a steering wheel in this vehicle. And um, all of that work may not go to a vehicle, but it's still important for Apple as they step into releasing AI-focused features throughout 2024. And all of these employees, not all of them, of course, you can't have a brake specialist working on AI. Some people probably did have to get let go um, or reassigned to different divisions, but 
anyone working on this AI, John Gianandrea, the leader of AI at Apple, is the what is, what, what, what senior vice president is their title. Um, he, you know, taking all of that, taking his crew and jumping right into whatever's happening with iOS 18. So I wouldn't say that that was a failed investment. And again, the car stuff's still good. They can use that for CarPlay. They can use that for building new systems to attach to uh, the wider vehicle, partnering with BMW or something. And again, if Apple decides later on, okay, now's the time for an electric vehicle, they've already got all the groundwork started. So I wouldn't go out there saying Apple wasted their time with this. I think it was a smart move to, at the time, to try and build something. And they've pulled back at the right time, and we'll get into that, because the market just isn't there. I just... I actually remember reading the patent where we understood there was no steering wheel. I was poring over it thinking, there's something really key missing here. I, I think in the last years or so, I've easily read 100 patents to do with the car. And there was one, I remember clearly one about braking things. So I was thinking, how can you patent a brake? I, I don't, doesn't everybody have brakes? And I never quite got to the bottom of that one. But everything I can think of was... Um, Hardware specific, so the seats could have had lights in them to tell you where to sit down or something weird like that. And there was lots of things about direction finding and taking you to wherever you wanted to go, which felt like Apple Maps Plus kind of thing. I'm not, I think I read more hardware patents than I did anything that I understood could be used anywhere else. Although, actually, the moment I say that, I remember what we learnt about Apple Vision Pro, which is, is it there, is it 5,000 patents uh, were granted to Apple for that headset before we realised that they were for the headset? So I think I must be missing a huge amount, and I'm trying to imagine what. Um, what AI things could you learn from a car that you could add to an iPhone? Well, one of the things that is very important for an autonomous vehicle is real-time operating systems. And we're already seeing the results of that research. I'm wearing it right now, Apple Vision Pro. Oh. Um, the operating system Vision OS, of course, is not real-time, but the R1 chip inside uh, doing real-time calculations of environmental information being piped in from multiple cameras while processing hand tracking all of this stuff is real-time um programming and i believe a lot of this technology probably came from project titan right like just because they're building it for a car doesn't mean it can't be used elsewhere and yes uh there's probably specific divisions researching this for vision pro but again these applications can be applied across different things as tim cook said researching one thing can benefit the other um and while Apple does like to isolate different divisions to keep secrets, it, it it's clear that if they reach a innovation on one thing, that it can be passed along to another thing. So, yes, real-time operating systems, for one. Uh, you need a smart assistant. <laughs> so you need Siri to be able to actually do things, um, which uh, we're still trying to get there. I mean, I, I personally don't have a problem with how Siri operates today, but I understand that it's yeah. not everyone's favorite. Um, I have one problem with it, and it happened again to me today, so it's on my mind. So let me rant just for one second. I keep asking Siri on my watch to set a timer for a certain amount of you know, cooking or something, and I will ask for three minutes, and it will give me nine hours, 27 minutes, 16 seconds. Some Very odd. insanely different number. And you try to pass, how did I phrase this? 
that it could possibly have misinterpreted, and I just can't get it at all. So uh, tell me, take me to Junction 5 of the M4 motorway, and it takes me instead to Sweden. Let, uh, I could see that being an issue. Let me yeah. uh, walk you back in time, because I remember us covering this. I, I don't have the link. Um, enterprising people can probably find it. But uh, do you recall the story of Johnny Ive and who is the other guy? Um Alan Dye, maybe? Uh, I'm thinking design people. Is Alan Dye? Not Alan Dye. It might have been Alan Dye, but I'm thinking more car-related, engineering. Um, Anyway, he was was big at Apple at the time, and he's since left to do other things. But uh, anyway, so Johnny Ive and this other person working on Apple Car Project and trying to conceive of this thing were taken to Apple's secret facility for driving, uh, their their, uh, little racetrack that they bought out in California, Sunnyvale. Um, and they were placed in a decked out, I want to say Fiat <laughs> and oh. because that's one of Johnny I's favorite cars. So I think they just wanted to kiss up to him a little bit and they kind of just, I don't know, the windows and stuff were closed off and there, I think it was just kind of like the interior was like designed differently. I mean, they might've even removed the steering wheel for effect cause it was probably remote controlled and they had an actor sitting in with them reading a script as they drove along, <laughs> pretending this was a self-driving Apple, giving them the the concept tour of an Apple car as they drove around, and this actor was playing Siri, describing restaurants as they passed by, and Johnny Ive could ask queries, and they were prepared had prepared statements for different things that could occur while they were in the car. And it, listen, I'm sorry, are you sure about? It? You didn't just dream. This, no, this is real. It's... This happened. Okay. Um, okay. I, I sh- I'm going to have to find the story now because I know people are going to want it going to want to read it but um because uh the reason why i know it's not made up is is a i have a distinct memory of this madness uh, and b new york times actually referenced it in their um diatribe on apple car Uh, i i wrote the story regarding the new york times piece which it was fine i just i feel like they um is our good friend trip mickle i feel like he uh, misclassified some of the actions Apple took here as like just aiming super negative for some reason, but this happens a lot in Apple reporting. I think that just that's the general conception when it's like, yeah, it's not great that Apple cars aren't coming out, but honestly, I agree with. Long story short, the article is about how Apple employees hated the idea of the project and called it a, the Titanic disaster instead of Project Titan. And were and they were celebrating that it was being canceled because it was just they deemed it as an failure from the start there was no way it was ever going to work and i agree that some people like there's absolutely people in the company that have that mentality and i agree that it was a good idea for apple to end the project but i feel like some of the storytelling around that was a little <laughs> just a little aggressive for, for yeah but, but anyway at that point, he did mention yeah. he did mention the uh johnny ive drive around and i thought that was funny let me let me see if i can find it I'm very curious about that although the fact you say it's a fiat that makes me think if apple had finished it it would have been a fiat to come play wouldn't it yeah uh terrible yeah oh okay i was really pleased with that (laughs) (laughs) puns are the lowest form of uh comedy oh how dare you agree (laughs) with john cleese for example okay Mm. Uh, i'm curious about uh, just how 
this spreads out to other things of AI. I really had not thought about the real-time operating system bit. And now you've said it, I should have thought of that because uh, we've covered, well, there are conflicting reports here, but uh, people saying that uh, there's data saying the pass-through effect of um, Apple Vision Pro is dramatically better and closer to real-time instantaneous than any other headset and things. And, you know, that can't come from nothing. So that would make sense that there was a origin there. Bob... Our boy Bob Mansfield. Bob, yes, yes, Bob Mansfield. So let me see. There was, was a prototype. Of people who've left Apple. I thought Steve Jobs. Okay, wait. there's a prototype. Yes, tell me, tell me. <clears throat> so in this article from 2019, it said uh, a source from the information. This is talking about Johnny Ive's departure, and part of it did bring up the Bob Mansfield and Johnny Ive prototype demo of Apple Car. Uh, and for the demonstration, I've hired an actress to perform as Siri, responding to voice commands. Uh, but apparently at the time, Project Titan, the engineers involved, at least the engineers talking to I've, were very confident. This is back in 2015, by the way, timeline-wise. They were, they were just like, oh, yeah, we can we can build this. Uh, it's fine. Like a self-driving car, we got this. We, you know, So that confidence... Um, so this is where Trip Mickle's report comes in as it feels a little bit hard. Again, like they just chose a stance and they, they, they followed it. But apparently <laughs> Apple Watch was launched in 2014 and Apple is desperate to find something. What what was next? What was going to be Tim Cook's legacy? They have to find it. Oh, no. And uh, someone just said cars and Tesla's doing cars. We should do it, too. Oh, yeah. And then everyone just kind of nodded and agreed. And they rushed out the door and um drove johnny ive around with an actress pretending to be serious like it it sounds so silly when you say it out loud i don't think that's the order of events exactly i'm sure um there is uh a moment gosh again this is years ago i this one i can't i have i can't give i don't know the source but it, there was an interview with someone who had left apple and they had mentioned that uh steve jobs had talked about a vehicle, an iCar at some point within the company. So I don't think this was just completely out of nowhere, but I do mm -hmm. think they were looking at what Tesla was doing and the excitement around Tesla in, let's, you know, 2014 and how they were claiming, oh yeah, 2016, full self-driving is going to happen. And here we are in 2024 and they're not even, you know, that it's not good. But um, anyway, so it's, it's such a long and rich history and I can't wait for the tell-all book to come out in 10 years. Yeah, except it suddenly thought, I wonder how far they got with prototypes. Are there mock-ups? I'm going to have to watch eBay to see if there's a mysterious car suddenly auctioned somewhere. You know how it happens with uh, prototype iMacs and iPhones and things. Maybe the Apple car will finally leak out. I could, I could, I think I'm wrong here. No. I? So yeah. the way the prototyping systems worked is, um, again, the guts of a car are, you know, don't, don't let anyone tell this to the gearheads but they're all engines and uh you know they do things that's that they're they're all and radios you know the, and the steering radio. wheels Very and pedals important. and tires you yeah. know that that's the part that they can do they they can build a car again it the car isn't the mystery it's the everything else that they had to figure out so the prototyping was basically done with a fleet of uh vans with hmm. sensors attached. So they had to train the sensors, train the AI, and learn streets and give it a level of confidence to drive around. So those prototyping vehicles have been photographed and actually registered with the DMV in California. 
Um, so that was no secret. Apple was testing something to do with vehicles driving around in these vans with sensors strapped to them. Uh, part of it could have been their mapping, of course, but more likely it had to do with um, like their self-driving stuff. Because we've seen their mapping cars, and it, they don't, they're different vehicles. So the, these were definitely for Apple's Project Titan driving around. So you no, you won't be able to find one of those on eBay, I don't think. Oh, well, it was a thought. I parked next to an Apple um, uh, LiDAR mapping car once, and the two people inside were having a burger each, and I was so tempted to ask them questions, but I, frankly, I, I wimped out and went and got a burger myself. Listeners, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but again, there's a decade of history here, so please, if you are interested in Apple car or want to try and eke out any specific details, reach out to us. We can jump on the next show and break down a couple of things a little further but we do have to try and move on a little bit i do have one last tidbit Sorry, just, i saw what you did there breakdown yeah yeah no no car joke Terrible. no oh come on you're picking on my puns picking <laughs> on yours. you have I'm one more thing you want to say about apple car all right so i do um, like so they, they they apparently got far enough that they were confident in letting their um vans driving around campuses shuttle buses basically um operate with these systems involved um so if you can find a shuttle bus driver at apple park you might be able to learn something <laughs> about apple's project titan well i tell you what to make this a move on we are talking about basically an ai project that mm-hmm. didn't work out fully there is also an ai project from apple that apparently is working out perfectly fine but it's somewhat smaller scale uh what do you know about apple ask Okay, so this is actually kind of a weird one. Um, I actually reached out. So this was um, leaked by Mac Rumors, and I, I reached out to them to kind of clarify a couple things because it's just kind of like, um, are you sure this isn't just a, a, a fancy search tool uh, that's just better at finding information? And they clarified some of the text for me. So basically, Apple's internal support system right now they're kind of privately beta testing with select employees that volunteered for it to have this tool where they enter the problem basically user with 10.9 inch ipad can't you know use apple pay with iowa with ipad os 17.1 or something but and with all these details in this random parameters it's not just going to do a query where it, it returns, you know, a search result, kind of like Google search, uh, where it just finds previously known information and just gives you the page of the document book that it's in. No, instead, it's going to parse that information and generate, right, that word's important, generate a response specific to that query. And because of that, it's... uh possible that this is apple testing a gpt like system a generative transformer system where the at the support employees are basically able to get responses uh from what you would call the the modern word ai and but it's only trained on the internal knowledge base for apple's support system so it can't it's less likely to hallucinate i won't say can't hallucinate because these are always capable of make they can make up a new support document that doesn't exist for example but they the leaked information also suggests that there are checks and balances occurring before the answer is given and um the the employees are given are, are able to vote 
up or down whether or not this was a useful response. So they're they're really trying to police this and keep a tight leash on it right now. But if it goes well, they might expand it to more places in the company, including more support people. Actually, well, part of me thinks, is there any chance it could hallucinate and say, buy Android instead <laughs> or something? But well, every I have an time example. I've spoken to... Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... United Airlines, I believe. So correct me if I'm wrong. Airplane company. It's not important who, who, but airplane company has an AI chatbot for support. And someone says, I have a departed family member. I must travel immediately. Is there, I don't know why they asked this or how it came up, but basically they, they got the bot to say there is a bereavement program that gives them a discount on the plane tickets. Uh, which doesn't exist. The, the the chat bot made it up, but United ha- had to honor that coupon, and they immediately wow. disbanded the um, thing. And I think there was some sort of case around it where the United basically put out the chat bot we employed is not authorized to give <laughs> um, actual advice or what. It, it, it was so right. silly, very silly. But again, this is the this is the issue you have with systems like this being put into place and how Apple tackles this is going to be wild. I've had some tedious experiences with chatbots on support things. I mean, maddening stuff. But every time I've actually spoken to an Apple support person, they've been superb, actually. They've sorted out things so well, so mm-hmm. quickly. Um, that's a clever thing, too, because they'll know if the results are right. Right. Or so not. That, that's I, I agree with your, your point here. A human using the tool to get me support, 100% A+, plus. love the idea. But if I call and I'm talking to a robot, no longer, no. Like, a, hang up the phone, give up level of... Because I think that's the, that's a very good distinction here. I mm. this These tools can be useful, but there needs to be a human element to ensure that something isn't broken along the way giving the employees resources like this can speed up support can give better answers because you can't expect um average apple employees to know everything about apple we're the nerds here okay you go to an apple store and you're listening to this podcast there's a good chance that you know more about apple than most people in that store they're just they're just employees it's not like you work at mcdonald's and know the history of McDonald's, right? Like you just know how to flip the hamburger. When you're working in an Apple store, you might know a few things. It's a requirement, in fact, if you're on the floor to be able to describe certain products a certain way. But they're not going to know about the secret hidden menu that you have to click on to do this thing. Like that's that's nerd stuff. Um, if you if you don't believe me, go to an Apple store. It's it's just the fact of life. They're just people. They're not you know genies. <laughs> I I want to say that everyone I've spoken to in Apple Store, once they've learned that I'm um, basically that I write for Apple Insider, once they've learned then the kind of degree of nerdness has crept up. Mm-hmm. But not all of them. There is one who I thought was spectacularly ignorant in one store, and it put me off that Apple Store. There are two reasonably equidistant from where I am, and so I tend to just go to the other one because of one person. Uh, for it and what I had. But um, I guess to bring this back around, so Apple is testing an artificial intelligence tool, GPT-like tool, but apparently a couple, uh, I think literally a day later, um, it came up that, so I think 
uh, Apple Insider did some digging itself, so I don't think this was from the same source, just different source, same ask tool. Uh, but it looks like this might be more than just a support tool, and it's being tested more around the systems. But uh, the source described it as not an LLM or generative AI like some people think. It's actually more advanced than that is what the person says. Oh. Uh, that it's actually more of a – let me find the exact phrase because it's interesting – well, I'm thinking you can't be right here because we all know that Apple is years behind oh, yeah. the rest they of have, the industry. Yeah. yeah, Machine learning has existed since uh, the iPhone. Exactly. They went the wrong route with machine learning. They should have been on AI from the start. But would they listen? No. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Notion combines your notes, documents, and, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully design and it's this idea of one space that's key notion is so expansive and so capable that you can do everything in it which means you have one tool one place to go to do all you need and it's your place it's your space too your notion looks different to mine and to everyone else's too because as you work in it you make a change here you customize there and it becomes an extension of you and your work also, you know this, there is no shortage of helpful AI tools out there in the world, but using those means switching back and forth between yet another set of digital tools. So instead of simplifying your workflow, in the end, it just becomes more complicated. Unless, of course, you're in Notion. And the fully integrated Notion AI, it helps you work faster, write better, think bigger, actually, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. Right there in your work, for instance, you could ask Notion to search your projects. You can set up automation so that you concentrate on the work you want to do while Notion does the organising that you used to have to. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash appleinsider. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash appleinsider to try the powerful, easy-to-use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash appleinsider. Thanks to Notion for its support of the Apple Insider podcast. Do you know one thing that, that that really stood out for me from that trip, Mickle, New York Times report, just to pick on him a little more? Machine learning a type of AI technology. They're just, no. Machine learning, they're, 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 not, they're not, it's not a subset, they're similes, they're, they're the same thing. Anyway, I just thought that was just a terrible way to define it. Machine learning basically becomes, I understand what he's trying to convey because artificial mm. intelligence implies something bigger, but that's the problem with the term. It's, it's not. It's just yeah, better it's a- machine learning. It's just more, anyway. Moving on, um, this is I found the phrasing in the article. So ask is not an LLM or other generative AI like some think. Instead, the source is leaning into this saying that because the support knowledge database and the front end to that database for support members are constantly evolving, it needs to be more intelligent than an LLM or G, uh, generative AI. It's actually in, intended to be an advanced natural language search engine. Um, so... It's kind of a mixture of the two. It's not exactly a chat. So the problem with calling it a chatbot, like a GPT or um, a large language model, an LLM, is that that implies that it's trained on a large data set um, and that data set's increasing, but 
when those data sets change or evolve, it requires the thing to be updated, right? That's why you keep hearing about yeah. GPT-3, GPT-4. The data sets are getting updated. The way the query strings are being run is being updated. Like the intelligence is getting better. But what this is suggesting is it doesn't need an update. It's just getting more intelligent on its own because as the database evolves, it's taking in that new information on the fly, which is an important oh. difference. And I yes. think that's really interesting. I was, uh, I can't, it was probably ChatGPT, whichever version I was using, say, actually said to me that it only had knowledge up to 2021 or 2022. Yes. And at the time I thought, how unusual, ChatGPT telling me something useful and not just pretending it's made, it's got things right. They're um, required yeah. to say that because other, and I, you, you probably know this, but um, the reason why GPT and stuff isn't up to date with 2024, February is because they don't want it to be used for, modern political um manipulation yeah. so you wouldn't so you can't go in there and tell it to be like make up something about this that's happening today and get horrible results and post it all over social like it would just lead to a lot of issues so they they try to keep it it's intelligent about things like say you got uh, memory loss and you forget your name and who you are and your occupation but for some reason like you still know how to drive a car like that core information about how the world works is still there but the information about what's happening today is not so that's i think that's a that's interesting too okay, and I want, that makes sense wonder how yeah. apple would uh distinguish that too yes not that anybody would use ai for improper purposes in a election year oh absolutely like not at all obviously not no uh i think i've resisted long enough um for weeks and weeks now even before you had Apple Vision Pro. I kept asking you in more details because here I am in the UK, unable to get it. Also, it's out of my budget and I vacillate between. I listen to you and I want one. I listen to Mike Worthley from Apple Insider and I don't. It's just back and forth. I know this. But Joanna Stern this week wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal that basically said, yeah, very nice, but she's put hers in a drawer somewhere just like she has um, MetaQuest or Elkis or whichever other ones that she had. Uh, you surely have now given up and just gone back to your iPads as normal. Well, I said it earlier. I'm, I'm wearing it right now. I'm, I'm in Yosemite. It's a little cold here. <laughs> um, okay. I, I lost my microphone in the snow a couple times, but yeah, uh, yeah. no. Yeah. So okay. Vision Pro, yes, guys, we have a, another short Vision Pro segment this week. Uh, you think it's short? Uh, well, um, we when I go, so. I want the details. We okay. would, we would, we would hope that we can keep it brief anyway but um in any case yes uh so janice stern i don't i don't know Uh, there's been a lot of narrative and we've covered this last couple weeks around uh vision pro uh, the nerds don't care they're returning it in droves and uh someone's eye exploded and yada yada and it's what is like the truth and the truth is we don't nobody knows um it's all mostly made up a conjecture based off of hearsay um, a couple of guys at 9to5Mac and a couple of prominent other re- publications um, return their Vision Pros because their eyesight isn't good enough or they just have issues with nausea. Um, and then that turns into everyone's returning their Vision Pro, right? Um, there was a crack, this whole crack gate nonsense. Um, did We covered that last week, didn't we? Um, I think so. I mean, certainly I've heard about it before, but it seems to sort of come away. Excuse me. It started and then seemed to go away again. So like it wasn't a... Yeah, don't repeat crack gate. I'm just exaggerating. Please don't make this a gate. 
Um, it, it, it appears that there's a handful that have this issue. Uh, it doesn't seem to be widespread. We haven't heard. We got. Uh, we asked for emails and responses in the article on the podcast, on social, uh, everywhere we could. And um, we've talked with TechCrunch and these other publications. And I've gotten one email um, from a person who had this yeah. happen. So uh, t- take that again. Anecdata, right? We don't know. Um, but going back to the returning in droves and people losing interest, we, we don't know. Yes, Jonas Stern is a big figure um, in the tech sphere covering news and stuff, but Jonas Stern's also um, a different kind of nerd, very old school classic Mac nerd, right? Respect everything that she does as a journalist. She's great. I have a huge amount of time oh, for her. I think she's excellent. She makes um, awesome reviews for the iPhone, and I and I sympathize with her for putting it in a drawer because this thing is a very personal, very specific device. It's not for everyone and it's just not for her that I don't think we should read into it as, Oh no, this thing sucks. It's just, Oh no, this thing isn't for China Stern. That's all you can learn from her putting it away. But I do find it funny that that became a story on its own, but um, we have learned from more rumor ish leak data analytic type stuff that isn't from apple so again grain of salt but it looks like the return rate for apple vision pro is on par with iphone 15 pro uh, which is about one percent of those sold have been returned um, which is a far lower number than i guess what people were guessing i didn't have a number in my head but i don't know one percent sure why not um and if you do the math i guess one percent of a hundred thousand is am i right is that a thousand yeah, so if that's you know a, a thousand, two thousand returns. So if you see two thousand returns across the United States, maybe that looks big, but out of the amount sold, it's a actually relatively small number and comparable to other Apple releases. Um, seems to be fine. And again, this whole crack thing, we just still haven't really been hearing from like we have contacts we've been talking to and stuff and just haven't really heard anything about like big support. Like there hasn't been a big wave of people and people have these headsets. I'm wearing one and yes, TechCrunch is, um, I believe it was TechCrunch. Uh, their review unit did have the crack issue, but it's the only major publication that we've heard of that with this issue. So again, this seems to be isolated. Uh, the returns are also limited. So I, I just find it funny when, it comes to Apple products, the the littlest bit of news can blow up very quickly, and it turns into everyone's returning Vision Pro. And once we get the actual data, those same publications just kind of stay silent on the subject and don't correct or retract or anything. Oh, there's a story this week uh, circulating that demand for the iPhone 15 is so low in China that uh, third-party resellers are dropping the prices. But... Um, they're dropping it slightly less than Apple has dropped it in China. And they do this in China about this time every year. Cause I was shocked to realize we're kind of mid-cycle now, almost when's, six months in. When's Chinese so, New Year? Uh, good point. Not very long ago, um, I think. Also, the 618 Festival coming up. Yeah, too. so there's a lot of Chinese holidays in the spring that Americans, uh, I think, just forget uh, happen. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of discounts around that. Apple doesn't generally discount things, but, um, the resellers do, uh, just like sales at Best Buy, you can go get BOGO deals on iPhones in America all the time. Um, Apple doesn't, they authorize sorry, those. Sorry, hang on. I've got to check. BOGO. Buy, buy one, one, get one. Get... Right. In England, that used to be known as BOG OFF, uh, <laughs> buy one, get one free kind of thing. And I kind of liked that. I don't know. Does that travel? I like, well. I like yours, yours is better. More... 
Yeah, I sounds think like you're saying safer, bug off. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I like it. Okay, all right. So there are lots of offers and things, but they're being interpreted as disastrous. It's, it's, again, it's things. just uh, yeah. this tea leaf reading gets exhausting because people want to take the smallest amount of data and blow it up into the largest scope that they can, and it's just that's just not how data works. I mean, go to take a problem stat class, guys. I mean, a one week, a one day class is all the information you'll ever need to know about statistics. And it's uh, that the first sentence out of the teacher's mouth should be, this is all made up um, because it's true. Uh, I'm not joking. My problem stat teacher in high school, the first thing out of their mouth was, this is pretty much all made up, but we have reason to believe these patterns lead to statistically isolating results that can be true but not necessarily mm. true so yeah again it's fun um anyway so back to vision pro and sales and all of that do you know how much it costs to if you take all of the pieces of the vision pro apart and you know you go to radio shack and needed to buy all the parts how much it would cost to get all the pieces of the vision pro the bill of manufacture materials I, Bill of ma- materials, I'm, yes. I'm trying to judge from your voice here. I'm thinking it's probably not low. Is it? It's significant uh, enough. Okay, but there's got to be a profit margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so base price is three and a half thousand. Um, I'm going to go high. I'll say three thousand dollars. Fifteen hundred forty-two dollars. Uh, okay. Because I mean, I have a problem with BOM stories because that's the price of the second. Uh, headset the first one cost <laughs> all of those years of work and effort and things but right okay so the bill of materials doesn't really tell us anything uh, uh, that we didn't know it's uh very expensive oled displays i think those are the most expensive individual component in the entire headset um but just to remind everyone i'm sure people listening already know this but the bill of materials does not account for research development employees being paid um the janitor cleaning the hallways uh, at Apple Park outside of where they're building the Vision Pro. Right, There's so much that goes into everything. The cafeteria running 24 hours a day while these uh, guys live in Apple Park trying to build. It's so weird, to, but it's true. Like it, it, anytime anyone hears about a budget, think of the military. Think, think of what it takes to run a military base 24 hours a day. Now apply that to Apple park. These people have to work. They have to eat. They have to sleep. You have to pay them. They also have to have parts to research with. They have to have things that they can set on fire, explode, blow up, give up on because uh, they need to do materials testing. They need to do every sort of thing with every piece of equipment over five, six years as they develop this product. And we know that this has taken at least five years to develop. You say this, but really they just copied Oculus and right, right. Quest something. So that and maybe a sandwich at lunchtime. What more could but they possibly want? With yeah. a $1,500 bill of material... Oh, I just erased something. With a um, $1,500 bill of materials, honestly not bad, considering the price is $3,500. Um, I, I, I honest it could Apple could have definitely gone higher. This is about forty percent, forty four percent of the price of the headset um, itself. So it's taking in those margins um, and it's accounting for the price of everything else involved in building it. But I just find that all very interesting. Um, people love to bicker about this as like, oh, it's overpriced. It's like actually for fifteen hundred dollars, Apple could have probably charged five thousand for this thing and got away with it. The thing that interests me is you just casually threw in that you're in Yosemite 
and that very evocative thing of it's cold. You've dropped your microphone a couple of times. Is Yosemite the place you go to when you want to work now in the headset? I change. Uh, I maybe not a daily rotation, but I, I move around every couple of days just to have a different view. I think um, I'm going to butcher this because I still don't know how to. I haven't heard a person actually pronounce it. Haleaka, I think. Um, the no idea, Hawaii, yeah. it's a Hawaiian mountain range. It's beautiful. Oh, right. uh, it's one of the it's one of the things you're looking over a cliffside at a sunset with swirling fog and clouds. It's very beautiful. That's my favorite, just because it has a lot of. It feels like there's a lot of depth there, and uh, my the windows can kind of just go anywhere. Anyway, it's really cool. Uh, that and Mount Hood are my go tos. But every now and then I'll I'll go to uh, Yosemite. The white sands are fine. Like. Just some of these feel a little empty. I think it'd be cool if Apple had some animations playing in the background, like if a deer just poked its head out of the trees every now and then. But um, there's no sound, is there? Yes, for any of these, you can. Well, there it, is. If you so you can actually control that volume. Um, you can set the environment volume to be louder or quieter. But yeah, depending on where you are and what time of day you've selected, there is different sounds. Um, Goodness, M- Mount Hood will have birds chirping. It'll start raining, and you'll hear the the water rippling across the lake. Um, in Yosemite, it's a, it's kind of it's windy, but there's uh, you can hear animal like birds and stuff in the background. Um, but yeah, mostly just bird noises and stuff, uh, crickets at nighttime, but, stuff like that. Uh, nighttime, just I unthinkingly assumed it was the same visual all the time. Is there actually are there seasons? In these things, no, but that's something interesting that could come later. I think um, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg uh, for immersive environments, and that brings up a good uh, point. Mike uh, asked us all about what our favorite environments would be for cinema. We're going to yeah. do a separate one, I think, on like na- natural environments. So this one's focused on theaters, and specifically because Apple Vision Pro only has technically one theater view, but Two, if you want to be super technical, because um, when you're viewing media in Apple TV, you can watch it from a movie theater with different seating. So you can be in the front row, um, in the in the base, or, or the front row, the balcony, level of detail. Le- okay, left sorry. side, right side. You can choose different things like that in the theater. And that's cool. You don't see the theater seats, but you see that you're kind of in a theater-shaped room. Um, that's all very fun. I'm, I, I'm a balcony front row guy which is a seat that doesn't exist but you're kind of hovering midair suspended in front of a you know very large screen whatever size a movie theater screen would be but that's good i think my favorite way to watch 3d movies but for the shock and awe effect there is another environment just for viewing media inside of apple tv and it's hard to find and i'm no one explained this, and so anyone listening with Vision Pro, if you haven't tried this yet, go do it because it's amazing. Be in Mount Hood at night and then start start media and go to the theater selector. But instead of selecting the theater, select Mount Hood at night again inside of that. And it will zoom your screen out over the lake and have a reflection of the screen over oh. the water. And a 150-foot Apple did give us that number, a 150-foot display, at least it appears so, at night in the mountains. It's really, really stunning effect, and the 3D movies work in that environment as well. It's really fun. But those are the only two available today. Yeah, um, so you're saying about Mike, he's asking, 
uh, everybody, whether right. they want. And, and Disney um, does have its environments, and other apps will have some too. But right now, Apple's environments, there's only two for viewing media. So the question to you, William, is where would you like to watch movies inside of Vision Pro in a fully immersive environment? Goodness. The thing is, I don't care about the environment. It's, well, no, that's not true. When I go to cinema, I do my level best to get a seat dead center uh, of it for the optimum, I think, the optimum effect. Uh, so I obviously care about that and the positioning of it. I just, I'm, if the film's any good, I'm concentrating on the film. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind pretending to be in, I don't know, uh, the Symphony Hall is a place near me, Birmingham, uh, City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra's home. Uh, uh, Symphony Hall here is a gorgeous building. With it. I don't think they've ever shown films there, but they could. Something, an impressive piece of architecture would be nice. What's Radio City Music Hall like? I've never been inside. I'd like to see inside places. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah what about you? I, I, I could so, imagine it would be fun to like watch a movie in the Sistine Chapel or something. Um, that, wouldn't that feel just slightly you know, wrong? <laughs> wrong, a right. little bit. Um, <laughs> no, but but actually, my pick was drive-in, and I don't think it was included. But um, I think it'd be oh. fun to be at a not just any drive-in, but a '50s drive-in with the old vehicles around you. <laughs> And you could even have a mode where you turn it on so it sounds like it's coming from that silly speaker next to your car. Um, just oh, I, you do that that thing of uh, yawning and stretching and, and you just can either... putting your arm around <laughs> your partner and yeah, okay. You're right, either let's... on a picnic blanket in the car or on top of the car. You have to choose. You're either on top of the car or on the front hood. You have to choose which one you're on. No, um, I think there's a lot of potential here. But I'll take it even further. I personally like the environments, but I'm I'm with you. They feel a little distracting unless I want them there. I'm probably mm. going to just watch in the movie theater because there's nothing there to distract me. I'm just focused on the content. Um, but if you were going to do something cool, make them into kind of an interactive video game. Make them aware of what movie you're watching and have things happen <laughs> based on the movie that you're watching. Like if you're in the Disney environments no, no, and you're no. on Avengers Tower and you get to that scene where they're fighting in New York, have the aliens flying around New York in, on Avengers Tower. Or if you're watching Endgame, have one of the alien spaceships breaking through the atmosphere in the corner. Like have things change. Or Monsters, Inc., like that floor... There's Easter eggs in these, and it's great. You can look around at, at Monsters, Inc., and you can see the guitar from Coco, and you can see photos of different things. Like, it's cool that they put no. these Easter eggs, but it's not interactive, and they don't. nothing moves, nothing happens. But I think it would be even more interesting, even if it was on a bit of a loop, and maybe it would get annoying. I don't know. But, it, like, if there were interactions or or pre-playing video, or if you were to look over your shoulder to have a monster poking its head around at you at the cubicle and then it ducks behind it or something, right? Like, has have a little bit more entertainment value and variety to it, and I think that would be fun uh, as an addition to the movie you're watching. Again, I wouldn't want to watch a new episode of Mandalorian this way because I want to focus on the content, oh, but if, yes, I'm, if yes. I'm revisiting Finding Nemo for the hundredth time... Wouldn't it be fun to have like a shark swim by while you're in the uh, in the coral reef watching a movie or something? I don't know. I've been reading a lot of interviews with film editors recently talking about um, they will take out 16 frames from a film and radically improve the scene because the timing and the rhythm is perfect. None of them allow for taking out 16 frames, but oh look, the audience is going to be looking over there off the side of the screen for it i no 
No. Yeah, None of this. I, I, None I, at all. I'm with you. I am definitely a purist when it comes to cinema. That's why, like, the first time I'm watching something, I want silence. I want to focus on the t- TV. I don't want anyone talking about it. Because I will if, – yeah. if a conversation goes on long enough, I will pause it. I am that guy <laughs> and just be like, look, guys, yes. we need, we're watching this. Please let me watch it. You can rewatch it later. Um, but, yes, it's one of those things. But if it's something I'm rewatching, I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey. And I like the idea of there being an entertaining element to it. Um like, well, I do like directors and writers' audio commentaries and things after I've seen it the first time. Im- um, imagine, yeah. imagine if you are Disney again. I keep going back to Disney, but or even Apple. Like, so these are companies in control of larger media things with software. So they're, I think they're both in that sphere where this is capable. I don't, I don't see HBO doing this, for example. But imagine if you're one of these companies and you're developing for all mankind or you're developing the next pixar movie imagine building an immersive environment around a project you're currently making so that it is part of what you're watching and it and then suddenly the screen in front of you things are happening around you as if you're that aren't part of the media but it's as if you're there like imagine if you're watching ted lasso and you're suddenly watching the game but you're in a seat (laughs) watching the game right Mm -hmm. just ways that you could really make this crazy is like imagine again ted lasso they jump to the 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 soccer field i know that show has five minutes of soccer across the entire three seasons you wouldn't know this william uh (laughs) they don't really focus on the i'm sorry the football but um imagine if you're sitting in a stadium like they they go to a game and now you're sitting in the greyhound stadium and the show is playing on the giant replay board or whatever but you look down and you can see the field around you that kind of stuff like just i'm not imaginative enough to 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 think of it but imagine programming a show around immersive environments and using them and moving you between them and stuff like that kind of giving you this in video games, it's called 2.5D. When you take a old 2D game and add 3D elements to it, it's the same kind of concept where you're you're keeping the 2D, the show, the movie, the same, but you're bringing more of the external 3D environment in with it, and, and just adding to the immersion. And I think fun. I think uh, yeah. there would be two ways to watch it again, without or with. And I think that having the environments and stuff involved could be fun or interesting, but probably a little gimmicky. I can see that too. I saw Wonder Woman in a cinema here in the UK, the the first, uh, I've forgotten who wrote it, but uh, Gil Gado version of it. Um, and it was shown in what they called 4D, mm-hmm. which meant the chair moved. And, and they blow air stuff. on you and splash yeah, maybe some water every now and then. Exactly yeah. that. There's one moment when one character is walking through the rain for probably 16 frames and a little dot of water appeared on my head. And all I thought was, yeah, right. Okay. It's a I'm little, it's a little much. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for immersive drama and things like that, write better films. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. And on that bombshell, I have one thing, one more thing I've got to ask you. As an uh, Apple Vision Pro headset user, are you pleased or displeased with the rumor that iOS 18 is in some way going to make iPhones more like Vision Pro? And I don't fully understand how. Well, that one's totally made up and not true. So we don't have to Excellent. worry about it. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, well, that was a shorter conversation than I, I thought. Yeah, I believe that comes from Majin Buu, which probably just got it from a random oh, concept artist off of Weibo. And yeah, uh, that leaker is fine as far as... And there's a reason why we cover him, just to break into it. Sure. Um, we cover him because we have the rumor score. If we didn't have the rumor score, we'd probably ignore him. But um, because we can kind of give readers a gauge of what's true and what isn't it lets us cover more rumors and this person does find sources and again sometimes maybe from their own internal sources i don't know uh but usually just from weibo wandering around i guess finding things it's a chinese social media website um internal sources sounds like a euphemism for they made it up it was in their own head also possible uh this seems more like a character than an actual leaker a lot of these leakers do turn into characters we if you've been following this long enough we used to have um loves to dream and it would propose every leak as if they had just woken up from a dream um like there's there's always a personality to it but majin buu is just kind of uh uh, and, the, and the the problem is they always reply to whatever post they make and say, don't take this too seriously, and just to kind of cover yeah. their own... Tra- anyway, this one was just... This one feels made up. This one doesn't feel real. Um, but no, I... But Mark Garman did come out with a report saying there is a redesign coming in iOS 18, which is exciting. I think we'll see a little bit more Vision Pro-like elements. Um, we're already seeing it in the podcast app in iOS 17.4. Uh, there's a new now playing bar that appears to kind of float above the UI a little bit, um, just vision, very Vision Pro like with the pill shape and everything. So I could see one borrowing from the other, as has always been the case in Apple developing UI. iPad gets something, then Mac gets something, then iPhone. So now that Vision OS is out there, and again Apple isolates everyone, iOS didn't see what Vision OS looked like before it was ready, right? So mm. they're only just learning themselves, and they're like, wow, that's cool, we're going to do that too. Um, and these operating systems coming in June are the first time we actually get to see that implemented. So I, I'm i with Mark Gurman. I think we're going to see some changes. I, wouldn't, I don't know if we can classify it as a redesign, but I guess we'll have to see what it looks like. But I think there's going to be elements that look like Vision OS, but it's not going to be a grid of circle icons on the home screen or anything like that. It's not going to look like Vision OS, but they could definitely borrow from each other. And I think that kind of uniformity is useful. We're just into March and already I'm wishing for June. Let's stop that there. So, well, uh, it occurs to me, by the way, that the next time you and I speak, iOS 17.4 will be out and the the world will change in the European union which is next door to me um but right. quite far away from you be interesting to see what happens yes uh so everyone's waiting for regulation to step in and say this is bad but of course we we don't know what they're going to say because they actually can't say anything until after march 7th um mm-hmm. where they're able to give judgments about the provisions that apple and everyone have provided so we'll we'll see what happens there um i'm interested uh, we're also seeing movement on uh, the United States front, which we're mentioning it now, but we're years from a resolution. But now that the DOJ in the United States is ready to move in on this antitrust case with Apple, it means that after a long and winding road of litigation, probably in 2027, they might arrive at the same conclusion and ask Apple to give America, the or, you know, United States users the same provisions that they gave the EU and bring some of those app store changes, alternative marketplaces and stu- stuff to quiet the antitrust complaints. 
um, again, will take a probably will take a long yeah. time, especially during an election year when we have no idea what the opinions of the possible incoming new presidency might be, whether it's the same president or a new one. There's too many questions in the air, could affect too many decisions. All I can say is so, nothing's happening this year, so it'll be a while. So, no, I think really what you're saying is stay tuned. I think that's a good point to end on. Wes Hilliard, thank you very much for this. Um, you, you're you actually back sooner than me. We're here most weeks, uh, sometimes you and the guests, sometimes me and the guests, but usually it's you and me. We'll be back in a week, but people will be able to hear and see you much sooner on Mondays with the new HomeKit Insider podcast you and andrew do you know what's coming up this week or is it all an exciting mystery for us it's mostly a mystery. home kit insider funny enough there's not a lot of news uh that that happens there so it's more difficult to get topics so we tend to focus on a couple of new products that have been announced stuff like that i'm not entirely aware of uh, what we're going to be discussing this week but uh it should be entertaining as usual and one last one last note one last meta note um if you ever pay attention to the show notes, I'm pretty sure Williams William does this, but go look at the show notes. Uh, I put these together um, most weeks, and I usually include everything we want to talk about, but we don't necessarily get to everything, especially this week. There's usually a grab bag of topics at the end under just a miscellaneous headline. Uh, go go look at the show notes. There's a lot of good stuff in there this week we didn't get to. There's just too many big topics this week to get to the smaller stuff. Um, and pay attention to that every week because uh, there's usually a lot of things that you might have missed if you're not on Apple Insider every single day. So, Right. Good point. In that case, let's Wes and I go write next week's news. Yeah, we may have to wait for Apple to do things, I grant you, while you check out the links for this week's right. news. And in the meantime... Thank you very much for listening. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Notion, for supporting the Apple Insider Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>